This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm taking us to some current events. Drew? Current? We're going to Mother Russia. Ah, mm-hmm. yes. Drink that vodka, baby. Buckle up. This is Deadball Brothers. Guess who's back, 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 back again, again, again. Deadball back. 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 It is us. It is us. We are friend. back. We, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a heaping dose of stupidity, baby. Extra stupidity this time because... We're, it's double game week because we missed last week, and I know that you all have been a little bit... You've been getting on us. Yes. Rightfully so. Yes. We have been up to other things. We have been. Uh, a, a few other things. One of the other things you heard before the intro to this podcast, uh, Golden Goal is now out. Yes. Look out. Uh, a podcast that you wrote. A podcast that I wrote and helped produce. And helped produce. Uh, really excited about that. Uh, if you feel like supporting it, we'd really appreciate it. You can go give that a subscription. I was the primary writer, the only writer, really. On the podcast, as well as helping with a little bit on production side of things. Most of the production was handled by Patrick Ketterell, and it was narrated by Mr. Brandon Kelly from the Always Cheating Podcast. Very good Fantasy Premier League podcast. Yeah, so we're super excited about that. Uh, But in case you've made it this far and we're wondering who's actually you're talking uh, who you're talking to? Who you're talking Who's to. talking to you? My name is Adam Whitaker-Snavely, and I'm everybody's most favorite freelance soccer writer, joined as always by my real-life brother. Drew Snavely. And Adam, I do want to say that this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> and we are also a part of the Blue Wire podcast network. Dude, way to get those tags in there. Got to get those tags in there. You're so professional right I now. I have another thing to say, and Ooh. that is... Ooh. We are back, but so is Manchester United. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the undefeated streak is continuing, and uh, we are continuing to not really march up the table because we're still in the same yeah. fifth spot. Because Chelsea keeps winning. Because Chelsea keeps on winning, but... But Leicester isn't Leicester winning. Leicester isn't not is, winning. Which is, uh, which is a problem for them, but possibly yeah. good for you guys because... Good for us. That all of a sudden, those like third, fourth, fifth, even as far down as sixth spots look a little dicey right now. Yes. Like anything might happen. Theoretically, we only need top five with Manchester City being banned from Champions League next season. I didn't even think about that. Good call. But 
it'll probably get uh, repealed <laughs> mm-hmm. because let's let's be honest. When there's Manchester money involved, City, yeah. Manchester City usually gets their way. They usually they usually get get a favorable result. So it would say. be fin- it would be nice to finish top four. Sure, and then to also win Europa League and I, the FA Cup, and then. <laughs> Kick everybody's butts Classic. in the Champions League. I think season. I think that um, even just qualifying for Champions League and getting as far as you have in like FA Cup right now is like pretty decent for where you guys were sitting at like mid season. Yeah, like around like January. Oh that yeah, feels feels pretty good and definitely certainly you have to say the signing of Bruno. Bruno Fernandes has been huge. For was us. worth. Was worth and um, Paul Pogba being back uh, has been also a boon, shall we say? Bruno has not lost a single game as a Manchester United player. Yeah, that's coming for him soon, but it's good. It's really, really <laughs> good for now. I don't know, man. You keep going the way you're going. Uh, you're gonna run into Chelsea in the FA Cup and a young Christian Pulisic. Well, we we are running into Chelsea in the FA Cup. Oh, did you I didn't realize that the the draw is already. The draw happened and we are facing Chelsea in the semifinals. Dude, Pulisic looks so good right now. He, Have you seen his stuff? He looks on form, but yes. he also has a tight calf muscle okay, he at the came, moment. Okay, he came off with tightness in his calf. I think he's fine. I, don't I just know. think it's load management. I think it's fine. Whatever. He literally, he said during the second drinks break against Leicester in the FA Cup that he was feeling the tightness in his calf, in his calf and then he went back out and continued to really do it to him. I mean, he did do it to him. And he also did it to Manchester City, oh, which gosh. was probably the most impressive Beautiful. thing. Well, first of all, a freaking clown car defending from Ben Mendy. Oh my gosh, and dude. And Ilke Gundogan. The move that, that Pulisic put on Mendy was just slowing down and then running faster. But that's what he's good at. Yeah. Like, Pulisic's acceleration is... nuts. Ridiculous. Actually, Dortmund, when he was still with Dortmund and Aubameyang was still with Dortmund, they were, like, doing some speed tests and stuff like that. Yeah. And they actually put it out. Like, Dortmund, uh, like, released it. That Pulisic's burst, like, that first, like, 10 to 20 yards, he was actually faster than Aubameyang. It's like faster than Usain Bolt. Like that. Well, I I don't know about that, but <laughs> but what I'm saying is, Plusik is looking really, really good. He's looking confident, and I think that what is so different for him right now than possibly any other time than I have seen him play, which at this point is is quite some time. Like we're going on almost five years of professional experience for Plusik now, even though he's only 21. Crazy, which is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think that you just see this confidence in his play and the things that can happen. Now you look at him and watch him play and you're like, this thing should happen. Like when he went and scored that goal against Ederson uh, after the move against Ben Mendy and he was put him one-on-one with the keeper, it was kind of like never in doubt. Yeah, you should finish, finish this. You, yeah. you, have, like, you have to finish that and it's perfect. Like it was just like perfect, confident, put it, put it far post, easy. He done. should have had a second goal. He should have had a second goal. Kyle Walker is also fast as Frick, unfortunately. Um, also, I feel like Pulisic got fouled right before he rounded Ederson. Maybe. A little bit. Um, but he couldn't get the mustard on it to really punch the ball into the goal, and Kyle Walker managed to clear off the line. Not enough mustard. What can you do? What can you do? But Adam. He's looking really good. 
Yes. But, but also, but, another butt. Another butt. Butts all around here. <laughs> so many butts, dude. <laughs> Surrounded by butts. Never half bat, half butt, two things. Whole, Whole butt, butt one. one thing. Yes. This isn't a current events soccer podcast. Drew. This is a soccer history podcast, but... but. <laughs> I hear that you have a, a current soccer story for us. Drew, this is a soccer history podcast, but as you know, history is happening all the time. Oh, we are living <sighs> in history. <sighs> Our children's children will talk about this podcast in their history well, books. Yeah. Maybe not. Sure. <laughs> all right. So, Drew and listeners out there, let's talk about some current events. You might have heard, over the course of the last few weeks, a story out of the Russian Premier League of a game between PFC Sochi and FC Rostov. I have not. Ooh, then you're in for a treat, my yes, friend. You are in for in. a treat. Sochi, despite being in the relegation zone in the Russian Premier League, beat Rostov, who are challenging for a Champions League position. They're currently in third place in the league. Okay. By a score of 10 to 1. Wow. Now, usually, when you see score lines like that, especially at, like, a, I mean, the Russian Premier League isn't a top European league, but it is a league that sends Champions League participants. Yeah, they have, like, two, the top two sure. teams. Yeah. So, actually, the top three. Top, top three top teams. Top three oh, wow. make, make, the, yeah. uh, make the Champions League. So, usually, when you see a score line like 10 to 1 with soccer... The first thing you think of is, seems kind of match-fixy. Yes. Seems a little bit match-fixy. Yes. However, this had nothing to do with match-fixy. Okay. It had everything to do with FC Rostov fielding a team completely made of academy players aged 16 to 19. And that is due to the fact that FC Rostov, prior to the game, had six players on their senior team test positive for COVID-19. Oh, no. Which meant that they had to quarantine their entire first team squad. And when they asked Soshi if they could delay the game, Soshi said, nope. No, we're healthy. <laughs> nope. Nope, we're going to play it. Let's do it. <laughs> what you going to do? <laughs> so to understand this on some deeper levels, because there's a lot of things happening here. Like obviously like 10 to 1 game against a bunch of like kids yeah. is its own wild story. But there are levels here. Oh, there are goodness. some serious layers to peel back like an onion or an ogre. I was like, can you even celebrate scoring against a bunch of kids who are half your size? Oh, so she did. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. There's some, there's some jerks. Let me, let me tell you what. <laughs> so we have to go a little bit into the history of PFC Sochi. And more broadly, the politics of Russian Premier League soccer. And particularly, soccer in St. Petersburg. Okay. Have you heard there's a rumor in St. Petersburg? That's a little song from Anastasia, oh, uh, the musical. I um, I don't think I've seen Anastasia. Is that the movie? No. Yeah. The, 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 like the animated musical. It's from, that's like pretty dark. It is, some, a, it is a little dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, got, did, I did watch it recently, yeah. actually. Well, it's, it's got Rasputin, who is like kind of one of the, the great boogeymen of history. Yes. People thought that he did black magic and stuff. Because uh, the uh, Russian king at the time, he was the lover of the Russian empress. 
Okay. And the Russian emperor found out and tried to kill him. And, like, the first three times it didn't work. Nice. Like, he survived a poisoning. He survived... I think he survived a hanging. Like, kind of wild stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's why he gets put in that. What but a weird tangent we're on. We're talking about St. Petersburg. Yeah, we are. Now, Sochi, as you may recall from its stint hosting the Winter Olympics in 2014, Russia attempted to host what looked like the fast food version of an Olympiad. There was all those unfinished hotels... And it seemed like a lot of the structures were kind of just slapped together haphazard. Do you remember this? Yeah, it really made you wonder about Cutter 2022. Mm. It still does, it frankly. It still does make you wonder. I, um, I'm not filled with confidence, <laughs> shall we say. Now, Sochi is a Russian resort city on one of Russia's westernmost, westernmost points westernmost. along the Black Sea. Uh, much like the rush to build up the city of Sochi for the Winter Olympics, soccer came artificially to the city of Sochi as well, as PFC Sochi was not started until 2018. Okay. So it's a literally a two-year-old club. Wow. Kind of. Kind of. But they started when Russian businessman Boris Romanovich Rotenberg... Nailed it. <laughs> Boris Romanovich... <laughs> Brought the established club, FC Dynamo St. Petersburg, to Sochi. Ah. So, Boris is a big deal in Russia. He also has one of the most Russian names imaginable. Yes. He was an athlete when he was young, being an award-winning martial artist in judo. Boris eventually began to get into banking, business, and politics when he and his brother began SMP Bank in Russia. Now... SMP very quickly became linked with Gazprom. You've heard of Gazprom? No, I don't think so. Okay. Gazprom is the state-owned Russian gas and energy company that is largest that is the largest publicly listed natural gas company in the world. Okay. With sales over 120 billion US dollars in 2019 alone. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Um you also frequently see them as shirt sponsors on various clubs including Zenit St. Petersburg and Schalke. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's probably what, yeah. Picture Weston McKenney. Yeah. His shirts all say Gazprom across the front. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that. Yep. Now, how did Boris get linked up with Gazprom? Because in the 60s and 70s, when he was training in judo, one of his frequent training partners and friends was Vladimir Putin. Ah. Here we go. Uh, we're, we're going right into it, my guy. Yeah, we really are. It did not take very long to get to this guy. <laughs> Putin, of course, has been Russian president and or prime minister of the country for a long time now. He is currently in his fourth presidential term because that's how Russia does it. Well, I just saw that um, there he's really close to passing a constitutional law that would let him stay in power until... 2036. That would make a lot of sense to me considering all so, the other things that he has. Another done. 16 years. Yeah, that's um sure. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. That make, doesn't make me feel nervous at all. No. Gazprom being a partially state-owned business means that Putin most likely has a stake in it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Putin keeps his finances a close-kept secret, but it was estimated in 2019 by one economist that he was worth 
as much as $200 billion. Good Lord. Which would make him the richest man in the world. Yes. Easily. Easy. Eclipse, Jeff Bezos, and all those other guys by far. Yeah. So, Boris Romanovich Rutenberg and Vladimir Putin, close friends. Boris is still described as a confidant to the Russian president. Okay. Which is scary in itself. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. Like, if you are described as a confidant to Putin, like... Yeah. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't personally want to be described as that. I wouldn't want that. To Vladimir Putin. It feels but. like I you, one wrong move and you're dead. That's yeah. what it feels like. Yes, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, SMP, Boris's business, his bank... SMP's connection with Gazprom helped make the bank a rousing success and helped make Boris filthy rich. Surprise. He also was involved in several construction contracts given out to Russian companies for Sochi construction for the 2014 Winter Olympics. Can you just, like, feel the nepotism? Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, a little bit of corruption happening around here? Yeah, it, it's... Just a tad. Don't worry, it's only going to get better. A healthy amount. It's only a healthy, just as much stupidity as it is. Yes. <laughs> um, it's only going to get better. The corruption, that is. These guys are the good at corruption. While SMP operates most of its assets in Moscow, and Boris was heavily involved in Sochi programs and constructions, he ran his own operations out of St. Petersburg. Russia's other major metro area where he was involved in energy lobbies and the like. St. Saint Petersburg is where both he and Putin are from and both took an interest in soccer there. Vladimir Putin is a big, big, big Zenit St. Petersburg fan. Yes. Once again, Zenit St. Petersburg, not only do they have Gazprom on the front of their shirt, they are owned by Gazprom. Okay. Which again is partially owned by the Russian state. Which is... Which, again, Putin probably has a stake in. By the transitive property, basically Vladimir Putin owns Zenit St. Petersburg. Yes. Or at least has a healthy say. Yeah. There are numerous stories of Zenit St. Petersburg players, like, going and having discussions with Putin if they have, like, a good or bad game. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, you can just go look it up. You can yeah. just look up Google Zenit St. Petersburg Putin, and you just see players that are like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have had a talk with Vladimir. Gosh. It's, um... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, boy. After the 2014 Olympics, Boris Rotenberg decided to buy Zenit's chief civic rivals, Dynamo St. Petersburg. Now, Dynamo wasn't nearly as good as Zenit is, having just been relegated to the third tier of Russian soccer, but they were still one of the only other professional teams in the city. In the first year, under Boris Rotenberg and SMP, Dynamo managed to win promotion back to the second division, the Russian National Football League. And soon after, Boris moved the team to Sochi. Sochi won promotion to the Russian Premier League in the 2018 and 2019 season, only a few years after the ownership change. So, you have Zenit St. Petersburg, who is basically kind of owned by Putin. Yes. Putin has a really good friend whose name is Boris Rotenberg. He buys their chief, one of their chief civic rivals. Yes. And then moves them out of the city to Toshi. Yes. Just so you're all following along this little spider web that I'm weaving. I'm right there with you. That offseason, however, Soshi's transfers looked a little fishy. Yeah, I was going to say. They released 16 players. 
Oh, wow. Most all of them on free transfers. That's not good business. Like, just let them go. Yeah. A couple a couple they loaned out. They did not sell a single player that offseason. <laughs> and they began to buy up a host of new players. Some of them Russian, some of them not. And nine of them came from Zenit St. Petersburg. Oh, wow. The accusation that many people leveled at PFC Sochi and Boris Rotenberg was that he was turning Sochi into a farm club for Zenit by signing a ton of young players who weren't going to get into Zenit lineups. But they still now, this way, got Russian Premier League experience. Yeah. Some of them are on loan, so they're going to go back. Others they purchased, who's to say that they're not going to sell them back. Yeah. It's kind of this, like, basically everybody's like, it's a farm team. You're buying a bunch of young players and also, like, getting loans that you're going to send back after you have given them all this experience. And by extension, Zenit also is going to kind of keep you, help keep you afloat in the Russian Premier League. Yes. All this stuff. Also because uh, the two owners are... Buds. Buds. Yes. And political figures. <clears throat> so... Uh, lost my place. There it is. When you take into account the fact that Boris and Putin were best friends and that the two clubs were run, being run by two companies, SMP and Gazprom, that already had a close working relationship and had controlling interests, again, that were friends, you, you see where this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a mess. So, a lot of people in Russia, even, absolutely despise PFC Sochi already. Because they're this weird, like, new money corporate club that's basically doing Zenit a ton of favors, while Zenit just goes and wins the league all the time. Yeah. And Zenit's chief rivals in the Russian Premier League are usually the Moscow teams. Uh, Dynamo Moscow, you have CSK Moscow, um, two really big Moscow teams, and they're not getting any of that. No <laughs> They're life. not getting any of that action. Yeah. So, people don't like PFC Sochi. Because they think that it is a walking embodiment of a team designed to skirt the rules, basically. But it turns out, we hadn't even begun to see how brazen PFC Sochi could be. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Deadball Brothers, brought to you, as always, by betonline.ag. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Thank you so much to BetOnline for sponsoring this week's episode of the podcast. And as always, if you're interested in supporting us more, we would really, really appreciate if you could leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It is something that is fairly simple for you. It only costs your time, but for us, it helps our podcast get seen by more people. It moves our podcast up the charts, and in general, it helps us out a lot. So 
in terms of trying to grow our podcast, that is one of the biggest things you can help us do. Also, if you're interested in anything else, we have social medias that you can follow. We're at DeadballPod everywhere. And if you're interested in any merchandise, we have some t-shirts, we have a hoodie, we have a long sleeve shirt. You can check out our Teespring store, which you will find the link to in the description below. Again, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. And for now, let's get back to the story. We are back so for the back. second half of this podcast. Adam, there is some funny business going down between Zenit, St. Petersburg, and FC Sochi. There is. There is definitely some funny business that is happening at the top and bottom of the Russian Premier League. But now we're going to shift away from St. Petersburg and FC Sochi. Let's talk about FC Rostov for a second. Okay. Because you may remember that this story started with FC Rostov. Way back in the beginning, several minutes ago. Yes. And we finally made our way back there. Rostov are a Russian Premier League mainstay that very rarely win things, but they usually do okay. Yeah. Like, they're they're a pretty good team. Um, the only times they've been relegated in the last couple of decades, which I checked, I think only happened twice. Um, they've immediately won promotion right back that year, either winning the Russian second division or coming in second place. Gotcha. Like, they're kind of like... It's happened in since like 1990. I think it's happened twice, and they just immediately bounce back up. They're like they're like uh, Everton, ever present but never yeah, winning anything. Everton, maybe a Newcastle in terms of like getting relegated recently and then bouncing right back up, coming back up. Um, yeah. something something like that. A, a very similar situation. Yeah, um, they did manage to get a cup win in that period uh, several years ago. Now I believe it was in the early 2010s. Very nice. This season, however, Rostov actually seems to be threatening for Champions League qualification, which is awarded to the top three finishers, remember? Yes. In the Premier League. Right before the worldwide COVID break, they managed a big result, pulling off a win over CSKA Moscow, and found themselves sitting in third place, albeit tied with Krasnodar on points, who are in fourth. Uh-huh. Uh, Rostov has the tiebreaker on Krasnodar, but Krasnodar has... Two games in hand oh, at this point. Okay. They had one game in hand uh, before the break. Gotcha. So before the break, they had one game in hand, but they were tied on points, and Krasnodar was in fourth place. Rostov in that final Champions League qualification spot. Yes. So at this point, every single game is a pretty big deal to Rostov. There's only 16 teams in the Russian Premier League, meaning only 32 games total. They've played a total of 23 up to the break. Okay. So not a ton of games left. Less than 10. They need points from basically all of them. Like, if they really want to guarantee themselves... A spot. A spot. Yeah. Unfortunately, when the Russian Premier League restarted, COVID cases were not nearly as contained as they had been in Russia and other European nations. Gotcha. And to top it off, a couple Rostov players broke quarantine. Brutal. You hate to see it. You see where this is going. Yes. Uh, It's... Yeah. This led to six different players contracting the virus, sending the entire first team into quarantine. That is a grand total of 42 people. That is the full team, including support staff and everybody else that had been into contact with them. Yes. With a game against Sochi looming and needing every point they could get, they asked to reschedule the game 
Soshi, in a relegation battle, said no. Yeah. Which meant that Rostov had to field an almost entirely U-17 squad for the match. That squad, full of teenagers, found out three days before the match Goodness. that they would all be making their Russian Premier League debuts. Heck yeah. They hadn't even been training since March. Oh, gosh. They had literally been going to school via Zoom. They had yeah. been like on Zoom classes and just doing their studies and stuff. Good lord. And then three days before this game, they were just like called up and like, hey. We gotta, we gotta do something. You're playing. Yeah. <laughs> you're playing. <laughs> Soshi didn't win themselves any phase or any favors before the match with an Instagram post taunting Rostov for playing only teenagers. Oh god. It featured a picture of a teenage boy dressed in professional attire sitting at a desk sunken into a swamp. It read as follows. The entire country will be rooting for schoolboys. We were all schoolboys once. Today, let's just play football. The field is flat, the ball is round, playing until mama calls home. Oh, God. P.S. At FC Rostov, this is just a joke for fuck's sake, and this is on our conscience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, like. Is this in Russian? Yeah, it's in, okay. yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was translated translation uh, that I it was a translation that I read yeah. on uh, CNN. Ah. So hopefully that was a good translation. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's exactly what was said, but regardless, it was kind of like, ooh, <laughs> you have play kids. Uh, yeah. It's just a joke. <laughs> Lighten up, bro. Honestly, it's what Rostov gets for breaking quarantine. Like, how stupid can you get? Uh, Stay inside the bubble. Yes, but also, like, it just made everybody hate FC Soshi more. True. And Soshi eventually deleted the post because they're uh, like, uh, maybe this is a bad look, you know, <laughs> since we're already forcing them to uh, do all this stuff and, and do this. They claimed that they did not reschedule because a rule when they kind of made the new schedule post COVID break uh-huh. said that no matches could be rescheduled. So they claimed that that's what they were doing and they were okay. just, they were just following the rules. Yeah. That's yeah. all. We were always playing it by, by the rules. Yeah. Totally the rules. Doing everything super legal yep, over here. Uh-huh. All the time. <laughs> it should also be, I didn't mention this before, but uh, Boris Rotenberg is under sanctions from the United States oh. government um, because of shady business dealings. So there is that as well. As the game began, it was FC Rostov who jumped out to a shock 1-0 lead thanks to Roman Romanov. Roman Romanov. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Who became the third youngest scorer in Russian Premier League history when he scored the opening goal in the third minute. That is beautiful. Unfortunately for Rostov, that changed very quickly. Their academy team wasn't as good as a full Russian Premier League team. Surprise. Wow. And they were down 4-1 by halftime. In the second half, Soshi added six more goals. This all came despite FC Rostov keeper Denis Popov setting a Russian Premier League record for most saves in a match, I believe with 15. What? Including a penalty save. What? The shot totals at the end of the match, two shots for Rostov, 45 for Soshi. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To top it off, Three of those goals for Sochi were scored by one Alexander Kokorin, who just got out of jail that for time he was doing for beating up a guy in a cafe with a chair. 
classic, classic beating up a guy with a chair in a cafe. Another reason that people are all like, we don't like FC Soshi. The heck, man. I guess the pandemic came at the right time for him because it allowed <clears throat> him to, to serve his time, I guess. Yep, and, and got out. I wonder how... Do you know how he got out? Did he serve his full amount I, of time? I, I, or? Don't, I mean, like, I, I kind of doubt that he served that much time or all the time that he was supposed to or whatever. Were there any bribes involved? I, man, I, I did not look into that. It's too bad. Pro- probably, maybe. Maybe. Given the fact that his oh, the owner of his team is who he is. Yes. And is friends with who he's friends with. Yes. I would say that there's a decent chance. Pretty decent. That that occurred. Uh, goalkeeper Dennis Popoff, despite allowing 10 goals, was named man of the match. He Popoff. is 17 years old, and he popped off. Popoff, Dennis. <laughs> he, he did. He did. <laughs> he did that. Not even Rostov's coaches were allowed to attend the game as they were quarantined. Uh, I was going to ask. So they asked FC Rostov's manager, like, well, how are you going to play against Sochi this weekend? And he's literally like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know who they're sending. I don't even know who's there. <laughs> It's so sad. <laughs> so it's just a bunch of kids. Yeah. And they were just like doing their best. I don't know. I, I Maybe they had their academy manager with them coaching the team or something. Just some dude they picked up off the streets. Yeah. Well, like, hey. Like, hey, you look like you could, <laughs> you know, soccer. Dress well in a suit <laughs> or yell something. at some kids. I don't know. Can man. you guarantee that you don't break uh, medical standards? Good enough. Let's, you're, you're managing this soccer. You're qualified. Game. Yep. Mm <laughs> After the game, Boris Rotenberg had the following to say. Their guys are great. They gave a fight, but we couldn't help scoring as many goals as we scored, as professionals play here. If we were sorry for the young, they would not understand this, because when you fight with a stronger opponent, the more effort he puts in to beat you, the more opportunities you have to progress. Uh. So basically, Boris Rotenberg said, tough shit, we're going to play our hardest. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there was a basically like a bunch of Russian commenters and stuff were like, this is kind of a disgrace for Russian soccer. But the guy who was commentating the actual match, who is known as a very pro-Russia, pro-Putin, uh-huh. Russia better than everybody kind of person, yeah. is like, like, this is great. This will show the world how good Russia is. For some reason, what? I don't know. It was very, very weird. That, um, is, that is strange. I get, I don't know. You, it's just so different when you're playing against kids. Because, like, you think back in the day, you're always trying to get on the most stacked team. Because, like, oh, totally. If you could crush somebody, you definitely seize that opportunity. Yeah. But when you have, like, a bunch of 27, 28 year old dudes going up against 15 year olds. Yeah, people that are a decade or more younger than them it's a little bit different yep it's not as fun it's like kicking the crap out of your your son or your daughter (laughs) not physically okay all right yeah (laughs) maybe maybe we should we maybe we should preface it with not physically (laughs) yeah metaphorically kicking the crap yes metaphorically (laughs) metaphorically only (laughs) thank you very much oh gosh Soshi's stunt was even more criticized afterwards when it was revealed that Dynamo Moscow also had to quarantine their entire team and they were due for a match with Krasnodar, the team in fourth place, tied with FC Rostov, needing to finish third for Champions League places. Krasnodar agreed to postpone and reschedule their match uh-huh. 
and they did it. So the whole thing that was like, oh, we can't reschedule the match because the rules say we can't. Yeah. It's complete bullshit. Yeah. Like, it never, it was never a thing. It, yeah. it never existed, obviously, because you had these other two way more successful teams, and the one team was like, yeah, we'll reschedule the match because we don't feel like kicking the crap out of your academy team. Metaphorically. Metaphorically speaking. Yes. Rostov is still in third place, but they now have, but Krasnodar now has two games in hand over them, and that looks very threatening. And the easy points they theoretically would have gotten against Sochi, who are not a good team, have washed down the drain. Meanwhile, Sochi's victory and subsequent one-to-one draw in the game afterwards has propelled them up into 11th place. Oh, wow. And out of the relegation scrap, scrap for now. On July 1st, PFC Sochi are supposed to play Dynamo Moscow, whose team is also completely quarantined. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. So we'll see... They probably won't reschedule again. Mm-hmm. There's no way. There's no way it's happening. Um, that's tomorrow. Just it's for, tomorrow. for we are recording this on Tuesday. Um, tomorrow's Wednesday, my dudes. Tomorrow is Wednesday, so hopefully this podcast goes out before that game. July first. We'll see what happens. July first, the birthday of my wife. Your wife's birth. Day. The, the 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 birth of your sister-in-law. Yes, because we are brothers. Yep, and that's how. Laws work. <laughs> oh, gosh. Meanwhile, Zenit St. Petersburg is rolling to victory in the league as they have a 15-point place, a 15 point lead over FC Rostov in third place and I believe a 12-point lead over the second-place team. And the great wheel of Russian politics and state-owned sports just keeps on turning. Keeps spinning around, round and round. <laughs> uh, some brief sources for this story. Uh, you have Jack Guy and Daria Tarasova for CNN and a Russian-American journalist by the name of Slava Malamud on his personal Twitter who has been talking about this story quite a bit over the last week or so. Um, yeah, BFC Sochi. Exciting stuff. Some real pieces of shit there, man. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> they're, they're, not, they're not cool dudes. They suck bad. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, and meanwhile, you have uh, Boris Rotenberg, who is just basically rolling over rolling over teams that don't have their full squads available to them to save his squad, and uh, is doing it to teams that are near the top of the table, closest in at St. Petersburg, which, once again, PFC Sochi is a farm club for Zenit St. Petersburg. Yes, <laughs> it is accurate. <laughs> it checks out. The web is complete. Yeah. You you have so beautifully laid it out. It's very much like uh, the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> Who is Pepe Sylvia? <laughs> <laughs> there is no male. Oh, gosh. Yeah, dude. That, and that's Russia. And that's Russia for you, man. I'm trying to think. So you have Norwich, who is very much relegated already. But... If you think about other teams that are in the relegation battle in the Premier League, or any other league for that matter, would, if given the opportunity to reschedule because an entire team needs to quarantine, would the league make them reschedule? Or if they didn't make them reschedule, would the teams agree to reschedule? That's the other thing. Like, I kind of don't know how, how like the, the Russian FA or whatever, the governing body of soccer in russia is called just like allows them to just be like yeah you're not going to be able to reschedule it or yeah you like that 
it's wild to me that they just leave that up to the teams. Yeah. Um, because I feel like if it was the Premier League, that it's the FA would the be FA. like a very controlling stake yes. in that whole thing. Absolutely. Like it, uh, it doesn't make any sense to me that uh, there wouldn't be a little bit more oversight, shall we say. Yes. Like if if say if Aston Villa and Newcastle were playing two yeah. teams in the relegation scrap. Or Aston Villa and Bournemouth, even better. <laughs> yes. And Bournemouth just all of a sudden had nobody to play, like, because of the virus. I don't think the FA would just allow Aston Villa to be like, nope, play some kids. Yeah. We're going to play this game. <laughs> I feel like that's probably not... I mean, especially considering how much money is involved with staying in the Premier League versus dropping out of the championship. Yeah. But you're probably right. Tough to say. Tough to say. We are in uh, uncharted territory. We are. And let's face it, whoever is running the Russian Soccer Association probably also answers to Putin. I was going to say. So. They probably have to make it seem like there was a choice. Um, the illusion of choice. Yeah, and that the the government didn't. Um, decide or dictate what was going to happen. They're like, oh, yeah, it's totally up to the teams. Oh, yeah, and there's a rule that says you have to play the games as scheduled (laughs) and you can't reschedule at all. I don't know, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for this current developing story. Yeah, dude. Um, I I thought it was a little bit of instant history yeah also i i i wasn't i saw this story and i wasn't thinking about it as a dead ball brother story until the man himself scott jorick on twitter uh form the artist formerly known as burgermeister uh yes uh, he was in my dms and he kind of dropped that link and he said this has dead ball brothers written all over it and i was like you know what scott you are correct. Burger so, Meister, Meister Burger. Shouts out to Scott for the idea for the story, uh, because that is the reason that I picked this one for today. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's cool. And it's cool to kind of like be doing something that's very like recent developing. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's no, interesting. It, it was a fun story. Very nice. Very well done. Um, we said this in the the commercial break, but if you want to give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we're at DeadballPod. Uh, if you want to drop an email for any questions, any stories you want us to dig into, it's deadballpod at gmail.com. Yeah, it is. We have a merch store. We have T-shirts, hoodies, lots of stuff. Just T-shirts and hoodies, actually. We have long, just, and long we had sleeve. one long sleeve shirt. Yes. So we have three different options for you. Heck yeah. The link to our store is in the description, um, so it would be really easy for you to find if you want to support the podcast monetarily. I think that's everything. I think you got everything. Yeah, that's good. That was pretty good. As always, my name is Adam Whitaker-Snavely. And I am Drew. And we will be seeing you again very, very shortly. Bye-bye now.